Hey, welcome to Founders 365. This is me, Stephen Haggerty, and today we have the co-founder of Platform Performance, Mr. Mark Council. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, I'm very good, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, man. Saturday. I always appreciate people that are doing this on a weekend. It's like, yeah. I'm out. I really appreciate that, so thanks again. That's probably the reason why uh, Steve's not here with childcare and that. <laughs> No, I thought we were going to throw him under the bus. I thought we were going to be like, no, you're the better co-founder. <laughs> yeah, we just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the brains, so I yeah. just keep him away from messing up. You're like the brains, the beauty. That's why you're the one on video, everything that's, you know. Yeah. You, you, you the boxes. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I've warned him, like, this could be the end of our relationship. Like, I'll be yeah. rich and famous after this, so. Yeah, exactly. We, we had a good ride. He may never come into the gym again. Who knows? <laughs> He's just, he's, he's just sat at home listening, going, oh, my God, that could have been me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, listen, but listen, before I mean, before we go into any of your partnerships or anything like that, what is Platform Performance? Because you guys are based out in Manchester, aren't you? Yes. Um, so basically, it's a small group personal training facility. Um, we are a gym. I use the term gym loosely uh, because it's not what you think of when you um, say the word gym. Um, we Everything you do with us is coached. So it's... Um, you book sessions, um, you don't just walk in and train. Um, there's a community aspect to it. Um, quite often we're referred to as a pub who sometimes train. Um, that's the kind of the vibe that we sort of uh, throw out. Yeah, nice. And you've been going two and a half years, you said, right? Yeah, that's right. So as a platform, uh, we opened April 17. Um, I actually, uh, that was when me and Steve got together. Um, I mean, I can get into this later on, but I did run another place for about 18 months before that on my own. Yeah. So, and before that, you were a builder, right? Um, well, I was at I was at uni, so um, I went sort of school, college, uh, undergrad, yeah. uh, and it was between undergrad and my masters. Um, at the time, you couldn't get postgraduate funding, so I needed something to pay the uh, masters. Yeah. Um, at the time, I thought I wanted to work in the professional environment, so you know, like working with Man United or um, you know, sales sharks, like that kind of yeah. that was the goal. Um, and I <clears throat> couldn't get postgraduate funding, so my brother ran a firm that worked on building sites, doing like CCTV, fire alarms, that kind of thing. Uh, okay. So um spoke to him. He was like, yeah, fine. And it was something that I'd done um, like half terms when I was at school, that kind of thing. So I'd, yeah. I'd done it for a bit of money over the years and um, ended up doing that for five years between yeah. my undergrad and master's before uh, the gym supported my wage, basically. Nice. It's funny how that works out sometimes, you know, when you go, oh, I'm only going to do it for six months. Tell me about how platform performance grew to where it is today, where you've got, you've just moved into your, your new facility, right? Uh, no, it's actually the same one that's been completely uh, gutted, basically, yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll say that again. A fresh face. A fresh face, yeah, exactly. Um, we've kind of, um, as we've matured, we've, we've sort of um, seen where we sit within the market. We've tried to do a... Not, not like a rebrand, more like a strengthening of the brand to reflect that. Mm -hmm. So um, we've been um, doing some work inside the gym to make that feel a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I suppose to sort of give the story of um, where we've come from and where we are now, it kind of starts before um, we had, we were platform. So um, essentially, um, the story started. I was on my master's degree working with my brother. Um, I'd worked at like Lancashire County Cricket Club. I'd worked with my United Ladies, worked with England Lacrosse, and every different club that I went to, it was the same story. So it was long, unforgiving hours, shit pay. And the thing with the with the with the industry was, if the team did well, so say Lancs won a game, the manager got a pat on the back. 
If it lost, yeah. it straight for condition, it worked them too hard. It was just like a thankless job. You're in, that, a lose, you're in a lose-lose situation. Yeah, absolutely. And it was the same everywhere that he went. The, the athletes didn't want to be there. They wanted to play in cricket. They didn't want to be lifting weights. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same everywhere we went. So um, I got sick of it. I kind of had like a, not even a quarter-life crisis, whatever comes before that, an eighth-life <laughs> crisis, or whatever that would fall. Yeah. And um, a 20th, mid-20s crisis. Yeah, probably, yeah, it's probably 21, 22. Um, oh, not even mid then. You're like, yeah, no, no. Post-teen crisis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like an existential crisis about who I wanted yeah. to be in the world. Um, so um, for a while, I was a bit like in turmoil with where do I go with my life? Um, yeah. And I was kind of in this place where I was like, I'm earning a wage um, working with my brother. What's What's the point in trying to you know, sacrifice everything else in my life and I've already got money coming in. Mm. Anyway, I went on holiday um, and we went to Turkey for two weeks, me and the missus. Um, and for the first week, I don't think I spoke. I was just in my head. Um, and then the second you week... Know, I, I bet your missus was really happy about that. <laughs> yeah, she probably was. <laughs> I hate the sun, me. As you can see, I'm ginger, so... <laughs> I, uh, I, I uh, burn as soon as I hit the sun, so I stay out yeah. of the sun. Um, but yeah, so second week, I, I, I sort of found myself again. Um, and at the end of it, I can still see it now clear as day. I decided that it wasn't um, the industry that I hated. It was just where I'd been working. And yeah. that if I'm, you know, I wanted to carry on working with people because that was my passion, but I wanted to do it on my own terms. Um, and I'd sort of come to this conclusion. I was dead proud of myself. And I sat there on the last night and I was talking to the missus. And um, I said to her, like, I've come to a decision. I've decided that I don't want to give up my master's because I was in between second and third year. And I was thinking of getting rid of that and just going working for God. Um and I said, I've decided I'm not going to drop out the Masters. I'm going to um, carry on my last year and I'm going to open up my own gym as soon as I could and I'm going to stay within the industry. And I can still remember now just like eating the food and she just she didn't even like break a shot. She just went, I wondered when you was going to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she knew the plan before you did. Yeah, she knew what I was going to do. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't sure, but she knew. Um, so um, I dropped a guy a message who did have a unit that, um, through no fault of his own, ended up going under. Basically, the the, the mill he was in um, got wind damaged in a bad uh, storm, oh, yeah. and ended up um, knocking it down. Um, he got literally evacuated, and no one was allowed back in the mill. It was quite a big thing around where we lived at the time. Yeah. Um, so he ended up pulling all his stuff out, putting it in storage, and never reopened. So I dropped him a message just saying, "You've had your own place. If you have any advice, one thing led to another. We end up opening together." Um, that's a long, complicated story. What happened in that first partnership, yeah. but. Um, let's just say it didn't go very well. And decided you learned a lot, though. You learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, an awful lot. It, what started out as two people operating one facility became two separate entities entirely. Right. Uh, lots of arguments about like money and um, who, who was training who and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to separate and go on my own. Um, mm -hmm. And during that time, Steve, who I'm with now, he was, so he'd gone a different route like in his life. Um, but was deciding we'd always box together, so that was our connection was fitness, yeah. Um, and we was like best mates through boxing. Um, so, and I just said it to him one day jokingly when I was complaining about what was going on where I was. He, I, I was training him at the time, and um, I said jokingly, "Do you want to run a gym?" And he just like laughed it off, and you know, like we carried on the conversation. I think it was about a week later. I was, I was saying probably something else that pissed me off at the time, and um, I said it again, "Do you want to run a gym?" And he just went, well, actually, I've been thinking about that. And yeah, I do. I was like, don't say any more. Let, let's do it. And he, he just um, set himself up to do his first, uh, I think it was MNU, what he did first. So like um, nutrition qualification. Yeah. Um, so I was like, done. Let, let, let's do it. I'm like, don't talk no. about it. Well, let's get the wheels in motion. 
how did you make sure that he was going to be a better partner than the bad partner that you had before? Do you know Because that's a lot of thing that comes up, right? A lot of people go, I want to, I want a co-founder. I want to do this with someone, but it's that, how do you make sure that the person you're doing it with is the right person to as much as a degree you can make that decision, you know? Do you know, I have thought about this. Um, people told us at the start, like, you're going to have to get something in writing, like, before you open and say, you know, define who you, who does what and so on. And we didn't do that. But I think this, the, straight, the, the relationship me and Steve have, because we box together, we punched each other in the head a lot of times. Um, we've gone through a lot of, like, ups and downs together. Like, we've travelled, um, you know, sort of across the country watching each other fight. Um, we've cheered each other on, you know, we've... And I've, I know that through the training we've done together over the years, like three nights a week, um, sometimes six days a week, um, for probably eight years, like I knew like, the work ethic he had. Uh, and I knew his, the passion that he had for health and fitness. And kind of that was enough. Um, we just knew each other that well, that we knew that we'd both kind of not die for each other, but, you know, we'd, we'd back yeah, each yeah. other by what it was. And it helps that you can get in a ring together and beat each other up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I boxed in my last fight. Like, I'm not opening the gym, basically, ended my boxing career. Um, not officially in my head, I still fight, but. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I had a white collar fight. I used to box amateur. I had a white collar oh, fight. Right. I need to do something. So in yeah. March last year, um, so we did some sparring with him. And um, it's just, it, it always ends up nasty when we spar each other. Um, one of, we start off nice and gentle and then one will land a good punch and then it's just trying to exactly. like done, done. I suppose in those punches you're actually letting off any frustration you have towards each other yeah knowing it. yeah exactly that yeah and I think that's probably what keeps the relationship healthy <laughs> yeah exactly it's fun and I'm guessing you guys did you even though you didn't have any like written agreements did you have that conversation in terms of right this is what my role is going to be this is what your role is going to be moving uh, forward yeah. or? we did um Looking back, it was stupid, like what we'd actually agreed we we're both going to do. But we did have these conversations about yeah. how much you'll do that. Um, and um, there, was, there was a few other things, like as we, as we set up together, like we both made quite big commitments to actually get the ball rolling, um, you know, like names on leases and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we were both fully committed and tied in. Like, you know, he had um, the conversation with his missus at the time. I had the one with mine, because it was about to take over our lives. It weren't as different for me, because I was already partially doing it to the extent that I was. Mm. But for him, obviously, it was a big change. So, yeah, it was a big, it was a big commitment from the pair of us to actually go into what we did. Yeah. And uh, we touched upon this before, just before we came live. But like I said, the, the fitness game is seems so busy right now from the outsider point of view. And obviously, you know, all I know is my gym but and a few clients that I've worked with in the personal fitness space. But how are you handling that? Is it as busy as it sounds? And how do you like set yourself apart from the other people in Manchester? Because if I Google gyms in Manchester now, yeah, yeah you wouldn't find us training in Manchester now. So yeah. like, how, how do you set yourself apart? How do you be loud enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny enough, you'll actually find us if you Google us. SEO is always on my list to start. <laughs> but I know some really good people. So I'll introduce you. Yeah. 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 Um, so for us, I think we started, it was purely just word of mouth. Um, I think the the lucky slash good thing for good people in the fitness industry is there's a lot of shit people in the fitness industry and they essentially drive people away from themselves towards the people who are good. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first part of it. Um, so I, I probably literally every single person that I have trained has a horror story of another fitness wow. um, you know, situation they've been in. Yeah. Uh, some have like, and this is a common one, um, particularly women, they've gone to a fitness class, 
They're already unsure. Um, you know, they're nervous. They don't know what to expect. They can't actually do what has been put in front of them. And the instructor just like laughs them out of the room, screams wow. and shoots at them. You know, I've probably had three or four conversations with members who've actually walked out of a class crying because of the way that yeah. the coach made them feel. That's not, that's not cool. No, no, and that's 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 completely against our ethos. So yeah. our three values are encouragement, togetherness, and achievement, and that is literally like everything that we, uh, every decision we make is based on that. Yeah, um, and I suppose that the bad, like you said, the bad makes you look even better. Yeah, hundred percent. The, the the really disappointing thing, but again, it's good for those who operate well. Is it's easy to be good in the fitness industry. You just have yeah. to be a human, essentially. You have to care. Um, I think the problem is I'll, the most. I'm, I'm widely generalising it, and there are a lot of good coaches, don't get me wrong, but yeah, a lot of PTs are people who've been in a gym, enjoyed fitness, and then done a six-week course. Mm. But, like You wouldn't trust your surgeon if they'd just done a six-week course. You wouldn't like, get someone to replace your liver if they'd just read it online. <laughs> I've done you... a UMI course, and uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know what I'm doing here. Yeah, no, offer, no. But I'm pretty sure I'm good. Yeah, it's like Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. If you... <laughs> it's like that. Hey, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> connecting veins and arteries the wrong way around. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some um, of the things you've seen, from, I've seen, and probably everyone's seen over the years from from certain PTs. Mm. You got to cringe and shake your head. Yeah. So you, so your growth has been very organic. Then, by the sounds of it, massively up until middle of last year. Yeah. Um, so we hit, we, we hit a point middle of last year where um, referrals, although they were still coming in. It weren't enough to keep us growing because of the size we'd kind of got to. Um, but just to sort of just go back to what you were just saying, a couple of the things about what how we separate ourselves. So the first thing is that we do a good job, essentially. Um, we try and blow people away with the things that they actually get from us as part of a service, so, so the extra things that they get. Uh, but one other thing that we do, which um, specifically on purpose, as you laughed at earlier. Um, I love the sentence. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is something that's happened loosely for a while and we kind of made it an official thing. Um, yeah. Our social area is called the Platform Arms. It's actually a pub. Um, and the reason for that is uh, it's not an official pub. Like you can't buy alcohol, but you, you, you can get it um, in the fridge. It's always there. Yeah. So most people like, for one, having a tea or coffee in the gym, for a lot of people like they, they walk in and they're a bit, what's this? But you'll see people walking around the gym with, you know, a coffee in between like mid mid sets of squats or whatever uh, for a lot of people first of all that's a bit disarming because when they walk in and you know a lot of people are like can i even drink tea and coffee if i'm going to the gym can i what do i eat is it now just is it broccoli is it is it cauliflower and then they walk in and someone's like do you want a coffee like there's biscuits on the side like you know it's yeah. not your typical gym environment um so we have um we're a part of um something called the ifba and i don't know if you're aware of it and it's basically like a foundation of gyms Okay. Uh, it's the International Fitness Business Alliance, um, and they give um, part of it is like a business mentorship, but then part of it is like they do meet meetups and seminars and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they um, they did a big uh, event in June, I think it was, and a guy spoke from a gym that I've admired for a long time in uh, America, uh, and he said about making your gym the, like the third space in people's lives. So you have work, home, and then you're the third. Mm. Um, and to do that, you need to try and make it a place they enjoy hanging out. So the niche of his gym is baseball. So they turned their social area into a baseball clubhouse <laughs> so when people weren't training. Um, so for them, like off season, they'll just go there and hang out and not train, but they're just yeah. you know, they got an Xbox and that kind of thing. So we went away and scratched our heads and was like, what do our members do if they're not in the gym? They're in the pub. So <laughs> we turned the social area into a pub. 
Um, we're just getting it remodeled at the moment. We're going to um, put a bar in, put some optics in, um, put a beer fridge in. Um, and yeah, so we've got um, the platform arms in the back, the gym in the front. And have you seen a change in the people coming to the gym because of that? Yes. So like I say, we did it unofficially um, yeah. probably 18 months ago. It was just like a thing that happened. Like people would just turn up with crates on a Friday. Like legitimately, this would just happen. <laughs> people would turn up with crates of Corona on a Friday. We just having lock-ins at the gym. Genuinely, like we've had a few, we've had a few wild parties in there when we first opened. I wasn't as precious about the equipment. Nice. Um, and no, um, you need a coaster for that. Yeah. Well, we've like I just said earlier, like we've just refit the ground floor, and now drinks, open drinks aren't allowed on the gym floor anymore. <laughs> Where is it? You cool now? You've become uncool. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. Oh, you're too commercial now. Yeah, you changed, um, change, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, hundred percent, we saw that difference. So it used to be like. Uh, before that sort of shift, um, it used to be more um, athletes and younger, sort of 18 to 25. I think our average age of a member now is like 32. And it's oh, more... That's a massive Yeah, yeah. So it's more of a mature group. We kind of yeah. tapped into a few sort of social groups in the area and literally like all their friends ended up coming because they all fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, and it sort of grew from there. Um, but yeah, definitely saw that change. Yeah, our, our place in the market, like we've become more and more aware of what that is um, recently. Um, so we're not the gym where you're going to be shouted at and screamed at. We're not the gym where um, we're going to be disappointed in you if you've gone out on a weekend and had a beer. We're the place that wants to be a part of your life that make you feel good every day. And so you can still go to the, the pub, but you can still have a takeaway. You can eat the same food as your family. And we're going to be there to um, give you some training you enjoy. And if you want to make that change to lose weight and work harder we've got all the support and resources you need to make that happen why is it um why is it so important for you to be like that what why is what's that drive coming from um i don't know to be honest um i think it's probably because that's where i've seen the way that we can most help people yeah um i think more people i think probably more because of like our ideal customer doesn't mm. want a six pack doesn't want a squat 200 kilos doesn't want to do pull-ups with half they the body. Human, right? Yeah, exactly. They want to be human. I think for me, it's more the benefit of exercise that isn't weight loss. It's everything else. Yeah. The, the so, for example, we've had members who this has happened two or three times. They've joined the gym, complete rock bottom, like no confidence whatsoever. Um, we've had a couple of ladies who've just given birth, and like that's really sort of affected them. You know, like the way they see the body, mm-hmm. um, and purely from them getting stronger and losing some fat. They've sort of seen that they're not just their body's more capable of what they thought, the mind is, is as well. So we've had a couple of members who've changed the way they see themselves of, within their social circles and within the world uh, and have actually applied for promotions that they never would have done previously mm-hmm. and actually got them and ended up moving up the ladder at work purely because they had confidence in what they could do. Yeah. It's actually, um, you touched upon um, on, last, on yesterday's podcast was Chris Richards. One of those things is we touched upon and when you start leveling up, leveling up in your life, you actually have to then level up in every other area of your life as well. Yeah, wow, well, yeah. I'm really, really good at the gym, but you're still, you know, naturally you would want to level up everywhere else. And yeah. that's such a good example of that, how that happens. Yeah, it's place that saying of how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah, exactly. And if you change that one thing, then you got to change everything. Everything changes. Yeah. <laughs> the dominoes effect. Uh, what would... Another good question I, I really want to hear from you, because I think we touched upon it earlier, but what are some of the common myths that you see in the industry in terms of 
personal development, gym ownership, that side of things? Um, I think one definite myth is if you're a good PT, you'd be a good gym owner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not true. I think a lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of people, so I, the way I went into the industry was different, but the majority of those who particularly who set up a gym end up going um, PT in, you know, a pure gym or um, a local gym, do really well, get to, you know, sort of booked out full. And the logical next step in their head then is to open a facility. Um, and I don't, for a lot of PTs, I don't think that's the right choice. Um, it's as you you'll know way more than I do. That's a whole different set of skills. Like to yeah, exactly. an operator, it goes from being a, a a PT, being a personal trainer, to a business op- business owner. Yeah, and I, I felt that shift in the last eighteen months in my head of, uh, you know, I used to wake up thinking about like courses and coaching and research. Like now, I wake up and think about like systems and processes and yeah. payment payment systems and way, better ways we can handle like. That's a really interesting though. That's really interesting that that's happened to you. Yeah. In the last 18 months. But what do you think caused that switch? What do you think uh, caused that switch? I think joining the IFBA was the biggest one. Uh, yeah. And seeing, so for example, when we joined the IFBA, uh, we had about 60 members that probably paid an average of like 60 quid a month. Like it was mm-hmm. crap. Like what we did was shit, like everything. And we went to this first meetup um and there's a guy speaking there who had again another person admired for years a different gym in america um and he was speaking and you know talks about some of his numbers and stuff and like he has what would it be he has a, a thousand members paying 500 pound the dollars a month so he's turned over five million a year in two sites uh that were about well, you that again we're doing something wrong yeah we actually came out of it me and steam we got back in the car and we kind of sat there for a minute and genuinely like we was in a Kia Venga that was like, what was it, like six years old? And there was like brand new Mustangs, Range Rovers, like all these cars all around us. And we was like, we do not belong here. <laughs> Did that then give you that motivation to do something different? Though? 100%, yeah. Um, and that that was like the fire. Like we, we the reason we joined the FBA is because there was a few gyms in there that were being supported by this group that we wanted to emulate or be better than. Yeah. Um, and we was like, we aren't going to guess it. Like, we're not business operators, we're coaches, we're scientists, like, we're nutritionists, we're not going to do that. We need someone to tell us how to do that. Um, and so we joined it because of that. And that was like, we went to that first meetup. Uh, and then speaking, he was obviously the guy on stage talking about it, but then speaking to some of the other operators who, um, you know, one was turning over like a million a year, one was um, turning over like, you know, 700, 800,000. And we were just like, they were, those are eye-watering numbers. Yeah. Like they, they were doing per month what, more than we were doing per year at the time. Yeah, but at, at that, when when you were hearing those numbers in your head, did you go, "We can we can also achieve those numbers if we make changes," or was it because of the shock? It was like, "Oh my god, we would like we're we're never going to do that." For me, like price and money has been a massive journey. Like I used to think that if we invested like two hundred pounds into something, it was a huge investment. Whereas yeah. now, like we'll buy proper minor shit for like 200 quid We're not not think about it. So, but I don't, I don't say that in, a, in like a bragging way, it's more of a way of like trying to display um, how far we've come with like money and- under, Yeah, like, you're, I mean, your relationship with money is a, such a huge thing. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like your set, well, I, I'm a firm believer that it's, it's your second most atta- emotional attachment, right? After yeah. probably love and family. Um, if I went into your pocket now and pulled out a 10 quid, you're going to know about it. Even if, even if you had a hundred pounds in there or a thousand pounds, you're yeah. still going to know about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you change that? How did you change from that 
thinking about investing 200 pounds to now being able to obviously not worry about that um yeah um i still worry <laughs> i just have more belief in the fact that we can um use can that make more money i think that i think that one of the things that's changed is that we've seen that by putting money in we'll make more money back um is, yeah. is part of it. but probably the biggest thing that we've had to get our head around is um like i say our memberships in the beginning were um 20 pound 60 pound and 70 pound mm -hmm. like pathetic now looking back um they're currently 79 109 129 but they're about to become 149 or 169 and going from that we went in between we went um the 20 pound became 49 60 became 79 and 70 became 99 and when we did that we absolutely shit our pants like <laughs> we are not going to be able to sell this membership yeah people were just like yeah no problem sign up sign up and was like oh like maybe we're undervaluing this still we were sat at that for like nine months a year and was like we got really comfortable at selling those memberships. Another thing we did as well is we went from having a rolling, just cancel whenever you want to initially six month for now 12 month contract. Mm -hmm. And that again, it was like, how do we go from people telling us it's too expensive for 60 pound rolling to buying 129 pound for 12 months? Like how do we get ahead around that? And that was a struggle, but we got used to doing like the 79s and 99s on a six month. So then we made it more expensive up the contract price. But with each of those things that we've done, it has enabled us to invest more into the service. Yeah, um, we have plowed so much like um, more money. Like the, the more we put the price up, the more we've invested back. Um, yeah, like so the, it enables you to do things, right? Exactly that, yeah. Rather than worrying about, you know, if you, if you still had that £20 a month membership, for example, because I think this is the thing to stress, like, you're, like you said at the beginning, you're not a, I wouldn't even class you as almost like a gym in this in the normal sense. You're yeah. you can't no one can just rock up and work out. It's all booked. So already you're you're higher valued than pure gym, you know, as you mentioned it. Um than that. So it if and if you stayed at that level, you wouldn't be able to you probably wouldn't have been able to do uh the pub idea, you wouldn't have been able yeah. to probably even pay to be part of this mentorship program that you're in. So it's it's amazing what happens when you allow yourself to start feeling and you said the words you know start feeling the worth that you're you're valued at yeah yeah 100 percent, yeah and that that's true totally and it's that is something that when we had the price set at what we did initially um it people compared us to those other options at that that price yeah. uh, and i think because we the the facility wasn't bad but didn't look like the standard of a pure gym say Mm -hmm. uh, which are always kitted out well, regardless of um, what you you know what you get as the rest of the service. Um, so outside looking in, you comparing purely on price, it it, yeah. it doesn't differentiate us. But the fact now you can go to the website and go, well, it's this is ten times there in the pure gym. They're clearly a different service. Yeah, and and like you said, your um your customers have changed as well, right? So an yeah. eighteen year old versus a thirty two year old. Yeah. It's going to have a completely different sense of money, sense yeah. of disposable income, sense of their own journey in terms of fitness. So it's a whole different story that you're almost selling to these people as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I think the value in what they receive as well changed as they got older because when they were younger, it was uh, when when the average age was younger, it was they wanted to look good in Ibiza in the summer. Whereas yeah. now it's the motivation is they don't want to drop dead because they've got two kids. Yeah, they don't want to be out of breath teaching their kids how to ride a bike. Exactly, yeah, exactly that. Um, and that that in itself is a huge, powerful motivator um, compared yeah. to especially looking good in a beef like. So what? Okay. If you, 
So if you're not going to remember it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Um, so what, I'm interested to know because you've you've gone through quite a journey yourself from that decision whether to do your masters and whether to carry it on to having a I'm not going to say bad experience, but a different experience in terms of with a different partnership in terms of a gym. Yeah. What hurdles have you overcome since doing pla platform performance in your own just in your own life with that side? Of, how, and how did you overcome them? Sure. So. One massive one that I had, like, I'm still going through this, is like a proper identity crisis, like who am I? Um, yeah. I was always my... Classic imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I don't, I don't, I can't get my head around imposter syndrome, whether it, 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 that's what it is, whether I feel like an imposter, whether I just can't work out who I am in the sense mm -hmm. of where I fall in um, certain circles. So yeah. I used, so like I said, like basically I, I stopped boxing when um, I opened the gym wasn't intentional like I say in my head I still fight but um like so I was always just so for example like when I did my undergrad degree I didn't live in uni I lived at home and traveled in so I could still fight and box yeah um, so that that was my probably I'd probably say at the time boxing was first degree was second. Like, boxing was your identity yeah exactly and then now that's not my identity it became okay I'm now Mark the coach and now it's like now I'm Mark the business owner um so where does that fall within like I, I barely see my friends anymore like am i still mark the friend like i'm um and it, like i say you can tell i'm so struggling to actually put it into words like what i'm yeah, trying no, to that's so it's super common because especially the journey that you've gone on from you know mark the coach mark the boxer to mark the business business owner and you mentioned friends which is a really interesting point to bring up in terms of uh, being a founder being a business owner that it's a it's a whole different thought process that most people don't understand yeah um, and what i mean by that is most people don't understand why you're doing a podcast at 4 30 on a saturday right <laughs> yeah, yeah it it's that's the tricky bit that because i've done the i've gone through that exact same process where you've gone through these growth stages on your own like personal self and the reflective let's call it a downside is that your your and friends is a really easy example to bring up you know your friends become a little bit more distant yeah and then what I do, and then the worst thing about this is instagram right <laughs> the instagram stories of your friends doing stuff and you're like <laughs> years ago i would have been in that yeah them or whatever yeah um but what's really vital is re allowing yourself to like reconnect with what you're doing now and rediscover because you're not that you know you're not mark the boxer anymore you're you're not mark the 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 coach yeah. although that still is part of you yeah yeah it's, it's now re it's almost allowing yourself to like when you went to turkey for two weeks you know that first week of just yeah processing all this information yeah when was the last time you allowed yourself to do that <laughs> um if you can't answer it means that you can't remember right so yeah, yeah. If yeah. you said to me, oh, I did it last week, I'm like, okay, great. It just needs still needs to be processing. Yeah. But it's so vital as uh, as a founder or business owner, or, or to be honest, irrelevant of that, it's like anyone to allow yourself to reconnect with yourself, especially through massive change, which you've done in the last 18 months. It sounds like you guys have just had huge change in the business. Which is obviously going to have a knock-on effect in our in other areas. Just like you said, if someone becomes super confident in the gym, they're going to go for the promotion. Same, it's the same principle, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, 
So basically, book yourself a holiday to Turkey and don't talk to your girlfriend for the first week and you'll be all right. <laughs> well, we're getting married in it, uh, August, so maybe I'll uh, propose that as the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, honeymoon, I really want to refine my identity. She's like, <laughs> married me. I'm sure she's uh, she's sure she heard me say weirder shit than that. Yeah, yeah I bet. I bet. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. You know, it's your own private life. <laughs> I didn't mean like that, but okay. Then. <laughs> so, uh, so that's one hurdle, and, that, and that's a massive one, you know, and that's one that is definitely always going to be evolving. It's it's not the first thing that first time it's probably going to come up or it has come up, and it won't yeah. be the last, right? But it's important that we do something about it. Yeah. What other hurdles have you gone through? Yeah, I think the other one you must. This must. I reckon it's probably the most common one, which is switching off. Like, when does work end? Yeah. Like, I've made myself physically ill multiple times just from, like, never stopping. Like, and I, I do, it's not it's not because I've got some ridiculous work ethic. It's just because I don't know when to switch off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you normally do? When you, when you do figure out switching off, what do you normally do? When, I've, when I work that out, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me that later. Um, I, think, I think it's probably uh, the only the only one thing that I do regular, which switches me off, is uh, play pool. So I play um, like you know, like the, the pub sport pool. Yeah, um, I play for a pool team. I've done that for about ten years, but well, in the last year, I've made a bit more of a commitment to getting better at it and taking it more seriously. Yeah. Um, so practicing like once, twice a week, and then playing on a weekend, and that is that completely switches me off because I'm just concentrating on what I'm doing. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think that genuinely switches me off. It used to be training, but now, particularly if I train in, in platform, I'm just looking around like I need to move that. That needs fixing. Yeah, like, exactly. You, yeah. Need, you need to join Pure Gym to switch yeah. off or something. I've actually just got um, a PT in another gym for that reason. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's, and this is another thing that comes up a lot. It's like your environment. If your environment isn't allowing you to switch off, mm-hmm. and especially if you're a gym owner, that's like one of the hardest ones to do because you still want to stay fit and maintain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like you said, if you're on a on a bit of equipment and someone's complaining at front desk, for example, whatever for whatever reason, you're not just going to be like, oh, I'll handle that on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like now. Yeah, yeah. It, um, so sometimes I try and train like seven eight a.m. when it's quiet. There's, there'll be a couple of members in normally. Like there'll be a session being delivered. 100% of the time, I don't think there's ever been an occasion when I've gone in to train and a member hasn't come over to like get me to coach them when I'm mid-training. Um, which, you know, it's, it's nice that they, they still, you know, want to speak to me and stuff at the same yeah. time. Like, I need I just need to switch off for an hour and yeah. get my shit done. That's a, that's a, and when did you realise that you couldn't switch off? Um, or have you always been like that in everything you do? Looking back, yeah, I have always been like that. Yeah. And the earliest time I can think, probably like boxing was like where I used to drive all of that energy. The thing is, like, obviously it's, it does switch off with boxing because you only do two hours in a gym and then you're home and then there isn't anything more to do. Yeah. Uh, so you can switch off, but like it was everything. Like I was, I'm kind of like everything I do, it's like all consuming. So it'd be like perfect nutrition, always training. Um, when it came to then, my, my, the issue that I have, um, and I think business exaggerates this is, I can't like put that into multiple areas. It's always one or another. So I'm either always training and the business suffers or yeah, I'm always focusing on the business and everything else suffers. Yeah. So it's about finding that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's um, what probably one of the biggest hurdles I'm still trying to overcome. That and I don't know who I am. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat after. We'll chat after. Um, <laughs> but so new decade, 2020. Yes. What? has what have you and steve got in store 
for platinum performance. Obviously, you've, you've rejigged things recently. Where's the growth coming from? And for anyone watching, he's got amazing branded water bottles. <laughs> I really want one. Um, I see if we've got any. I'll try and post you one. Yeah, hold you to that one. <laughs> um, so 2020, the plan. Uh, so site number two is the next big thing we're doing. So yeah. we're currently uh, in the process of getting investment. So we are about to go from that point of um, done it under our own steam to um, getting an investor involved. Yeah. So we have been um, we're chatting with our business mentor a fair bit recently to get um, that in line. Basically, we've um, created um, sort of we've we've been sat down with a sort of financial. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what the title is. Is it financial planner, modeler? Yeah, financial advisor, planner. Yeah, accountant, depending who it is, really. Yeah. So um, we we've been dealing with one of those, <laughs> whatever they're called. What, um, a money person. A money, a money person, person um, who's created a five-year business model based in a spreadsheet with our yeah. assumptions and what we do. Um, and then we've um, been, we've sort of taken that, we've fine tooth combed it, um, sent that to our mentor. He's pulled a few things apart saying, um, you know, your marketing spend doesn't reflect how many members you're going to generate, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to tease that out uh, and create the investor brochure. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, then we're sort of on the precipice. We just need to get that in line, and then we're on the precipice of selling part of my baby. <laughs> How's that going to feel? I don't know actually. Yeah, um, I think focus trying to focus on what the outcome of doing that will be, rather than the fact that it won't all be mine anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Well, no, you got you got you've got a really good model, so it's obviously going to be investable. Uh, second second um, location nearby or a new city. Um, so we are f- like five miles out of the city centre. Um, city centre is potential, but not the only option. Um, yeah. There's a few affluent areas around where we are um, that are potential second locations. Um, there's probably after the city centre. There's probably two potential um, areas which I don't think have anything like us around. None that I'm aware of. Um, obviously, city centre does have a few. Yeah. Um, of don't think any of them have a pub involved though. Um, <laughs> That's, that's the USP. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's the goal. Um, site number two by Jan 2021 and site number three by Jan 2022. Fantastic, dude. That's so exciting. I've yeah. got one. To my second to last question. Yeah. If you could do it all again, what would you do differently? Um, I would change our model in the beginning from um, the, the lower prices and the way that we actually delivered sessions. I'd deliver it the way we are doing now. Um I would probably get more money involved when we opened rather than trying oh, yeah. to do it on a shoestring budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it more around like the back end business side of things is what I'd change. I think the, re- the reason that we grew and probably the proof of the reason why we grew is because we were good at what we did and we cared. Um, so I think in terms of actual coaching and uh, the human side of coaching, as well as like the technical and getting results side of it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with, I'd have no regrets there in the way that we did that. Yeah. Um, I think it's more the way that we operate the back end of it and um, all the nitty gritty business. Finance. Said that, that difference of waking up thinking about coaching to waking up thinking about systems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the biggest yeah. challenge this year is um, aside from getting investment is um, building a team that can operate to our standards, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now you're at that stage where you want to be building. You want to be moved. So people, founders go through stages. They go through the the first, the first, you know, 
X amount of time in their business, they're they're very much in it, they're working, you know, they're grafting, they're doing the hard work. And then becomes the growth, like growth stage one, where they start taking themselves out, like you did. You know, you start thinking about more about the systems, about how you yeah. can make it more uh, repeatable and sustainable. And then you have like the exit plan, where you go, right now, I've got to make this business run without me. So if yeah. I wake up tomorrow and or you, you know, you get an offer or whatever, whatever happens, you know that platform performance is not going to die without you, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that, and. I talk about identity really briefly that's another identity that you're gonna have to allow yourself to figure out um i can already feel that shifting <laughs> yeah that's really exciting though that's super exciting it, it, it yeah it is it is exciting uh and we keep like doing different stages particularly of like the investment part and it's like yeah. wow that's exciting like the numbers we're talking about with different things are just like numbers we couldn't when we went to that first meet up and you said you said about the numbers um like we walked away like, wow, like, is that even possible? Whereas yeah. now some of the numbers that we're discussing for certain things are just like, people are talking about them like it's normality and I'm still trying to get my head around like what that what that means. You want to, you want to be getting yourself on the stage there so that you're talking about your gym and someone else yeah. leaves that place going, Jesus, can you believe what Mark's done? And 100%. So the way my head works is, it was like with boxing, like I'd see, so I started in the gym and I was like, you know, I was way down and I'd seen like the big heavyweights who were like, everyone was like respecting i was like i want to be that guy i want yeah. to be him who walks in so it's the same with like business like when we went to those meetups i'm like i want to be stuck there and everyone asking me like how have you done that like that's the way that i that, that's my my motivation is to um my biggest motivation is to kind of in a way like change people's lives with like how well the business can run and run, yeah. run an exceptional business um but um aside from that it's becoming number one i think is is the motivation same as it yeah. was fighting and one of the great things about your business is that the better your business runs and the bigger it gets, the more lives it changes naturally. Exactly that, yeah. Exactly that, yeah. It's such a nice byproduct of growth. That is. Yeah. It's, um, like, it's like a selfish byproduct of growth. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say selfish, but yeah. it's uh, and, and I always say one of my favorite sayings is to be selfless, you've got to be selfish. Yeah. You know, you've, got to, you've got to have that, that growth aspect, otherwise you can't help anyone. If you were still that... 20 pound gym you wouldn't be yeah. where you are and you definitely wouldn't be thinking about a second location or a third location any yeah. of that stuff so you have to have thought like actually what do we want from this yeah yeah to be able to get it to where it needs to be yeah 100 so we mine and steve's long-term vision is um like complete financial independence at the age of 40 that's like yeah. the goal that we're working towards um, no so brainer that you'll do that let's say again i said no brainer that you'll do that in, in the sense where you're at now yeah, yeah, I hope so. Like, it definitely feels like we're in the right path. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that that's like we did sit down and be like, okay, it probably when we came out of that meetup, it was like, where, where, what do we want out of this? We'd never considered that. We just wanted mm. to that gave you a big shake up that you needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, before that, it was just let's like, run a gym, see what happens. That's yeah. the cool yeah. gym. Lift yeah. once. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone else. Yeah. Done. Charge them twenty quid. Easy foolish idea that i was going to be like shape of my life like because i run a gym <laughs> i've never trained as little as i do right like for the past year and you've had what seven big macs today oh. <laughs> just prove that's not true no, no. yeah no he was eating half an apple not a full apple i'm gonna say <laughs> just half an apple. you interrupted uh, that, but... yeah so, look, listen my last my last question like i asked everyone and i think in your case it's it's going to be a really great one but if you were going to give three people three people if you're going to say three things that can help other people 
that perhaps in that have gone through similar journeys than you, what would those three lessons be? Uh, in, in, in my industry? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to you out there, so. Um, I think the first thing would be make every decision about uh, how you can better improve like the member and the customer. Um, I think the second one would be don't afraid to be selfish, um, which is this is the one I'm still trying to get my head, my head around and allowing time for yourself, your family, your missus, training, looking after yourself. Like it doesn't all have to be um, for your business. Like you still got to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, don't. This is one I always use. This is one I always say to fighters who are having the first or second fight. Don't forget you're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. So um, that's probably number three. That's it. You, you know, you're not you're not doing brain surgery, right? You're just yeah. get changed. Yeah. But I mean, you are changing people's lives, but you're not doing brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Listen, Mark. Outside the body. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on Founders Three Six Five. If anyone wants to connect with you or chat to you about your journey or anything like that, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, my Facebook profile is there. Just if you like, search my name. I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, our Instagram. Uh, it's Mark underscore platform. Um, the gym is on both. You can find us on Facebook, Platform Performance, and also um, Instagram is exactly the same, at Platform Performance. Nice and easy. So yeah. Thank you so much for being guest number 11. This has been Founders 365. I've been Stephen Haggerty. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening.